The United Nations has declared a war on ocean plastic this year. It's estimated that 8 million tonnes of plastic is poured into seas every year and that plastic could outweigh fish. And an estimated 99% of seabirds will have ingested plastic by 2050 if nothing's done. It's just astonishing, isn't it? Let's discuss with Marcus Erickson, co-founder and research director of the Five Gyres Institute based in California, a group working with the goal to empower action against what could also be a global health crisis. Thank you very much for joining us. Thank you for having me. I mean, this idea that there could be more plastic by weight than fish by 2050, is that alarmist or is that a, a very realistic forecast? I think it's very realistic considering if we don't do anything about the flow of trash to sea at the rates that things are going now and, and the rates that the ocean is able to kick plastic out by beaching it on islands and shredding it and sinking it, there's far more going in. If we don't stop that flow, yes, we'll reach those, those alarming targets by 2050. What kind of plastic are we talking about? Well, if you look at what's out to sea, and I've had a chance to lead 20 expeditions to study uh, plastics on the ocean surface, um, I'd say close to, to half of what's floating out in the middle of the ocean is old fishing gear. And that's because it's designed to last. Old fishing buoys and fishing nets. Um, but if you look at the total end, the majority of trash is single-use disposable products that leave our coastlines, flow down our rivers. And that stuff is not making it to the middle of the ocean because it's shredding the smaller particles. Fish are tearing it apart, sunlight is making it weak, and then waves are crushing it. So when I'm in the middle of the ocean, I don't find styrofoam cups, I don't find plastic bags, I don't find straws. They get chewed up and crushed by the sun, creating this smog of microplastics all through the world's oceans. I can tell you last year I was in the Arctic, and we were finding these clouds of small fibers of microplastics even within 10 degrees of the, of the North Pole. So it's kind of gone everywhere. What are the harmful effects? It doesn't sound very good, of course, but can you spell out for us the harmful effects of ocean plastic on the ecosystem? Certainly. There's, a, there's entanglement and ingestion. So entanglement, you've got lots of marine mammals and sea turtles and seabirds that get entangled in, in mostly lost fishing gear, the big stuff. Um, and that's pretty devastating to see. You know, I've seen, I've seen sea turtles and I've seen um, uh, sea lions that have had limbs almost amputated by rope that's been on there for months. But then there's the microplastic stuff, the small particles. And I published a paper about two and a half years ago estimating 5.25 trillion particles of plastic the size of the grain of rice or smaller. And what those do, they become toxic over time. They can absorb all kinds of persistent organic pollutants like uh, pesticides and PCBs and DDT, flame retardants, even oil drops from cars that don't mix in seawater will stick to plastic with a similar kind of material. What we're finding now, the frontline research is showing that more and more animals are ingesting microplastics and more and more animals are able to desorb, not adsorb, desorb, take those chemicals off of plastics and store them in their bodies. And that's where the, the, the harm comes. It's from, it's from the possibility of plastics impacting the entire food web in the world's oceans. Well, the food chain links to us as well. Uh, ocean plastic entering our dinner 
menu. That's certainly not very welcome. Is that actually happening? Oh, yes, for sure. There have been some studies once they looked at if you eat oysters, you can count on ingesting an average of 11,000 particles of microplastic in your body. There's another study looking at fish from fish markets, uh, taking them off the shelf, and found that in, in California, 25% had microfibers in their stomachs, and in Indonesia, about 40% had microplastics in their stomachs. So we're looking at, uh, I mean, this stuff is coming back to bite us in the food that we eat from the sea. Like with many things, I suspect there are a number of solutions that could be combined to deal with this. One, one of the obvious ones that all of us can take on board is, is how much plastic we use and, and what we do with the plastic once we've finished with it. Have you got any advice? Sure, sure. And I can tell you, I'm optimistic. I've just spent the last two weeks at the UN Oceans New York where I heard you know, national leaders making the same statements that we were making five years ago. It's an international dialogue, a high-level dialogue that knows the science. But the solutions are, I'd say, three things. One is, of course, consumers can make better choices. But number two, you've got to be given better choices. We didn't ask for plastic bags to, or for glass bottles to be replaced, or paper straws to be replaced by plastic straws. So one is design. You've got to have better consumer courses, you know, choices and much better design. And that means responsibility for the end life of a product. And that's where in fights environmental NGOs say think of the whole life cycle when you make a product take responsibility for the back end of it because plastic has these negative effects industry fights us and say no it's your problem as a consumer for littering and cities and their municipal waste management needs to improve my opinion all three uh, better anti-litter campaigns much smarter products and better waste management systems worldwide and that can happen. Where, where the consensus is at the UN Oceans um, Conference and every conference I've been to before and, and since is that going in the oceans with giant nets is not going to work. We can't scoop up what's there. The ocean is already kicking it out, washing it ashore in droves. But the flood of trash going in is much greater than what's coming out. So, so focusing on stopping the flow of leaving our rivers or coastlines is where the whole world agrees. I mean, there's been a process of gathering innovative solutions. Every now and then we see some headline about some young person out there who's come up with an idea for dealing with ocean plastic. How realistic are these and what sort of timeline would you place on, on that? Well, I've seen lots of those, 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 uh, those innovative ideas. And I, I applaud the innovation but the science of plastics in the oceans, and I've been involved in this issue almost, I'd say about 17 years, since 2000, is that, you know, that it's fragmenting so quickly. If you want to get the biggest bang for your buck and put a net in the ocean, put it at the mouth of a river. And there's enough data, for example, one of your first stats that you gave us was the 8 million, you know, tons of trash leaving our coastlines. In that research paper by Jenna Janbeck is a list of the top 20 countries that are biggest polluters, and it's their major rivers. So if you want to stop the source, I mean, the last place to put a net is at those rivers, the biggest polluting rivers. And then work upstream, work with anti-litter campaigns, work with waste management, work with companies to stop making the single-use throwaway plastic products that are the biggest culprits in this pollution problem. It's good for us all to be aware, uh, of course, of the situation around plastic in our own lives, but obviously this goes to the to the corporate level as well. Can you tell us anything else that Five Gyres 
is doing that, with with your work that might fill us with a little bit more optimism? Yes. So actually, we're working very closely with uh, uh, several companies that are making alternative products. Um, um, there are companies, for example, um, Aardvark Straws, been making paper straws since 1888, and they're beginning to gain some market share replacing plastic straws. We have so many restaurants who are now not putting straws automatically into your cup of water, they ask you first. We have so many companies making uh, reusable bags. We have companies that make plastic who, who are trying to tell their, their retailers not to make certain throwaway products with plastic they produce. Yeah. So I'm seeing lots of corporate engagement. And there is an emphasis on let's improve structure for recycling. And there's some willingness to, hey, you know what, maybe, maybe some of these products don't need to be plastic. And that's why I see working, and I'm optimistic, so let's charge forward. Thank you so much. Thank you also for taking on this effort. Marcus Erickson, Five Gires Institute, based in California. Thank you.